1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers agree a fee with Feyenoord for Danilo. Asazi is the latest player to leave Celtic. And St Mirren, Dundee United and St Johnston are among the teams in League Cup action tonight. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. Evening Andrew. And as usual, there's plenty going on in Scottish football. Via play cup games are also this evening. But the big news to kick us off is obviously Danilo. A fee agreed that we'll see him coming to Ibrox to join the rest of the signings that Michael Beale has captured so far this season. Sifuentes also on the way, we believe, as well. And for Celtic, another couple of signings yesterday to bolster their squad. Brendan Rodgers ticking along quite nicely. He's now had a, a chance to look at his players in action since I was last year last week. Um, and he'll know what his team's all about. So plenty going on once again in Scottish football. Yeah, plenty of reports tonight about Danilo. That fee agreed, believed to be £5.2 million. Initially could rise to £6 million with add-ons. So it's a, it's a big outlay from Rangers. Well, it certainly is. And they needed something along those lines. Um, when you lose someone like Morelos and you let Cholak go, um, it's an awful lot of goals to be letting go in your team. So there had to be some outlay and £5 million... Uh, and that could rise, tells a story. Now it's up to the player to then come and produce the goods along with others, um, but it's a big transfer fee. So pressure right away, but Michael Beale obviously believes in this player. He's obviously done his homework, and he's got the board to thank for making that happen. Well, let's hear from you at home, 01419511025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Rangers fans, what do you make of that news? That it looks as if Danilo will be a Rangers player after the fee is agreed. It looks as if it may be next week that it will be officially confirmed by the two clubs, but certainly it is a fee agreed at the moment. £5.2 million could rise to £6 million. Celtic fans, Asazi Uragidi has left the club. Liam Shaw has also left the club as well. I just wonder what other moves you think Brendan Rodgers needs to make in this transfer window as well. A few other bits and pieces. See that Max Johnson's finally agreed his move yeah. to Sturmgratz has left Motherwell. So it's, it's all happening in the transfer market. Yeah, well, we like to see our young players stay here and develop. But Max Johnson, he would have looked at some of the other young players who have went further afield and look at how their careers have blossomed. Um, and Max Johnson's the latest one Wish him all the best uh, I thought he, he got given his opportunity And he took it with both hands um, Was it the Football Writers Young Player of the Year Thoroughly deserved that couple of good goals last season And I hope he's the next one that You know, just progresses Like Hickey, like Doig um, Like Lewis Ferguson When they've went and tried things And it's a brave decision um, And all the best to him I hope he does great well, let's hear from you. 01419511025. I think there is only one place to start, and it is that story coming out of Ibrooks, Danilo, Rangers and Feyenoord agreeing a fee. And it is the next part in Michael Beale not only transforming this Rangers team, but more specifically in the final third. You look at the players that Michael Beale has already brought in. Sam Lammers, who Rangers paid a decent fee for. Cyril Dessers, who Rangers paid a decent fee for. Abdallah Seema's come in as well on loan. Rangers' attack is going to look significantly different well, next season. Yeah, it's quite obvious where he saw the the downside in the side um, last season. And we chatted about it so often that 
so much was put on Morelos and Kent's shoulders to perform year after year that very few took up the mantle when those two weren't performing. Michael Beale came in, had a good look at that and quickly realised that if, if they weren't going to stay, he certainly needed to transform that front line. Even if they were to stay, he would certainly need reinforcement. So I think a lot of the signings that he's probably brought in so far may have come in if Kent and Morelos had stayed anyway because he, he needed help or better up there. Um, but with those two gone, it's a blank canvas and he's certainly moved quickly, um, particularly the ones that are in the door right away and, and took part in the pre-season training camps and have already taken part in the pre-season games. Danilo's the next one. I think it's important getting players in before the season actually kicks off. So they're far down the line with that. Um, and it may take a wee bit of time to get up to speed. But Michael Beals, Rangers fans have got to be happy with how swiftly he's moved to to really bolster that front line. How much was a refresh needed for Rangers in that area of the pitch because there was criticism from Rangers fans about the performances of Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent, especially towards the end of last season when their contracts were running down. Do you think Michael Beale maybe took a look at that and thought, you know what, this this is a real area that, that needs a lot of surgery? Oh, without doubt. I, I think you'll have to look at the bigger games, Andrew, particularly the ones against Celtic. I mean, we were at Hamden for a couple of them, so we had a great vantage point and and seen what that front line actually gave. Other than being in the box and scoring goals, you got to see the full picture. Very little, very little from Morelos. I made my thoughts quite clear. I was surprised that he kept going to Morelos and thinking he would get a different outcome. He kept going to Kent and thinking he would get a different outcome. And it just clearly wasn't there. But when he turned around and looked at his bench, suppose that's where you, you got to think... Maybe he was right because he didn't have much on the bench either. So without doubt, he had to refresh. He had to bolster. He had to, you know, try and upgrade what he had. Um, and time will tell if he's got that. Now, he's certainly, and financially, he's certainly outweighed, um, you know, what, what looks like a, a grand plan. But it's up to the players. We only can judge when the season starts. Pre-season friendlies are great and it gives fans optimism when they come in. They, they play well for a couple of games Maybe they, they get a couple of goals But it's when the season starts That's all important time to judge And that's upon us in the, about, what, 10 days time? 01419511025 is the number David in Barhead has dialed David, are you happy about that news regarding Danilo? Yep, yep, I think it's, it's I think, I think we've got him and Fuentes I think where he's kind of main primary targets And I'm glad to see him in I mean, he's been playing He's been scoring goals in the friendlies already before he's come here and I think looking at him and the, 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 the kind of feet and the kind of when you see the kind of balls that Haji and Raskin have been feeding in, into players the last couple of games he is going to have such fun in front of goal I think he's going to score he's going to be a great acquisition I think he's going to be a, a fantastic player I think he's going to get a barrel with the goals Mark, it's, it's an, another example of Michael Beale being backed in this window because I think there were maybe some people that thought Cyril Dessers was going to be the prime target in that yeah. striking role and obviously Michael Beale had flown to Italy to go and speak to him. There was money spent on Sam Lammers as well. Maybe a bit of surprise that on top of that, Danilo is also coming in when Abdallah Sima is there as well. It just, as I say, it shows that Michael Beale has certainly been backed by the Rangers board. Yeah, well, I think it shows he, he's also got a plan A and a plan B. I, I think Danilo would have been plan A 
And maybe a deal like that sometimes takes time to go over the line. In terms of the transfer fee and the take it or leave it offer to, to Fairner, that sometimes takes a bit of time to force their hand. Um, so the rest were added. I'm not saying they'll be bit part players, but I think Daniel is the one that he wanted to lead the line. Um, but like we say, he needed others anyway because Matondo came in at the tail end of the season all too little, too late really. I don't know if you'll... He'll have any future Sakala. Well, who knows what you're going to get from him. So it's quite obvious that he needed reinforcement. As soon as you see Cholak going out the door, that opens Cholak Amarillos. That opened the door for a good couple to come in. So there's certainly competition in that final third. Michael Beale needed it. Interesting to see the way they're going to play. I know we've seen glimpses of it in pre-season. And we might see another glimpse of it tomorrow night. Um, but when the real stuff starts, that'll be interesting to see the formation. Will it be a a straight out two up top with one behind. Is there going to be any glimpse of any wingers or, you know, any width in the team? Rangers fans will be looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, David, how do you see those pieces fitting together? Because there's not only those four players that have come in in this window to consider. There's also, as Mark mentioned, there's Fashion Sakala, there's Rabi Matondo, there's Kamar Roof as well, who's back fit. How do you see Michael Beale putting that all together? looking at the amount of games they'll be having this season if he does put progress into the Champions League properly and he, he knows he's going to need to rotate and play he's going to need two or three strikers who are going to get him goals I think yeah I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't categorise Sakala or Batondo as strikers um, but I think with the three he's brought in the seamers alone and then he's got Kemar Ruth who if he can stay fit he'll get, he'll get goals but that's the big question mark I think Bill's had to kind of think of well I, but I'll bring in Seema if if, if 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 Ruth gets injured then I've still got three three strikers who who will be quality up front and I think he's yeah I mean he's brought in some quality creative midfielders as well so for instance he's supposed to be still alive sorry still arriving and then you've got you've also got one of the, one of the great buys he's bought is Graham Balligan coming back I mean, he was in that defence in the last game and he just looked so... He was brilliant. It's just... I think every... Looking at who he's brought in, I think everyone's a, a, a good cog in a, in a wheel and I think they'll all do a great job at Rangers. Andrew, I think what he's actually gave himself is options. We spoke so often about Celtic last season when the front three weren't doing it. Ange Postacoglu turned to the bench and bring on three that would be equally as good and can make a real difference in the game. Don't know if Michael Beale had that. Well, he, he certainly didn't have it because he, he kept going for Morelos and Kent. And if they didn't do it, then you know it was a poorer option that was coming on. With this front line that he's amassing just now, you know he, he's got options to change games. Or like we've seen now with the, the increased substitutions, come that sixty-minute mark, you bring on another three quality players who can then terrorise a tiring defence. Can that be a help? and a hindrance maybe having that many players trying to give them enough game time, trying to keep everyone happy? Well, it, it tests your skills and man management. And that's the most in, one of the most important things about being a manager. It's not just about you know picking your 11 nowadays. It's about managing a full squad. Now, David touched on the amount of games that these teams have now. The incredible amount of games. You take in the Champions League qualifiers, you take in the League Cup when it comes about, if you drop down Europa League, whatever. So... Everyone's going to get game time, but it's how you keep your, your bigger ones happy 
your, your bigger hitters, I mean, who you've spent millions on, who you've maybe sat down and looked in the eye and says, I want you part of my plans. But then four weeks down the line, they're getting limited game time. It's about convincing them that they're going to play a big part. That's the hard thing about being a manager. And the higher up the level you go, the harder it gets because some of these guys will be international players who want to play every week. That's the task Michael Beale has. David, it looks increasingly more like the deals for Danilo and Sifuentes will get over the line in the next week or so. Are you expecting any more business from Rangers or are you quite happy with that if that is the end of it? I think I think I could be quite happy with the, the amount he's brought in and, and where, he, where he has strengthened, where he had to strengthen. I think he's, he's brought in quality in every area. Um, he's brought in, as I say, he's brought in Balogun to reinforce the defence after the injury to Lee King, which I think was a great bit of business. Um, he's, got, he's brought in a, a half a dozen or so quality midfielders who, as we saw... As we saw from them in the last couple of games, they, they are quality players. If you look at Cantwell and Raskin, they've been a revelation since they came to Rangers. And if, it, if we're going by that, then the man's got an eye for a, for, a, for a football player. And I think he's strengthened in every area that he had to. And I think we can be quietly confident on what, what he's brought in. Yeah, I think Rangers first European game of the season, yes, they've got the, the first league game, which is against Kilmarnock on the... 5th of August, it's then into the European qualifiers. The first one's either the 8th or 9th of August. There's still a good bit of time before those games. Michael Beale will be happy that, you know, it looks as if he could well have, I think, nine players potentially if Danilo and Sifuentes yeah. all having already arrived in this window. Well, we only have to look at recent history and, and see how important it is to get your players in early for Champions League qualifiers. It's always been Celtic. There was struggles before with Brendan Rodgers getting players in to play these qualifiers, to give yourself the best chance of progressing out them and getting in the group stages, um, rather than the other way about. Getting the group stages, you've got an extra few quid to spend and then, you know, you try and scramble anybody you can before the transfer window shuts. Michael Beale realised what a big task it is to get into the group stages. I think the Rangers board have looked at it and the amount of money that's obviously will come to your club if you get in. And they've went for it. They've backed them. Um... And he's obviously identified the players. But once all that's done, Andrew, it's up to the players when they cross the white line to actually do the job. David, is the next step maybe naturally looking at who could potentially make way and may have to leave the club? Because in terms of numbers, there are a lot of options for Michael Beale there. He may not be able to fit them all in. Yeah, it depends on how many players are prepared to, to bide their time and get a, get a shot. It's the colour. I don't see him going anywhere. Matondo, he hasn't had a run yet. Um, you've got to look at the young boy Lowry. Is he going to be happy again to be getting pushed further and further down? <sighs> Bill's supposed to be a great man manager. This is this is when he proves he's worth. I suppose it's not just about who's willing to bide their time, Mark, but also need to think about wage budgets and you know if you're spending money. On players, you then need to recoup some of that in transfer fees as well. So I'm sure there will be work going on in the backgrounds. There's certainly yeah. been a lot of talk about the likes of Glenn Kamara, certainly. Without doubt. I mean, I think Michael Beale would have been well aware of that before the end of the season. I'm pretty certain, you know, he would have had a real good look at his squad. He would have known who's leaving. He would have known who's still under contract, who's not part of his plans. Um, and I'm sure negotiations will be taking place. Probably him upstairs with his board and saying, this one's not going to play a part, 
can we move to strike some sort of deal? Now, it can sometimes be difficult, Andrew, getting players to shift if they don't want to move. If they're on a tidy sum of money, it can be hard. But that's the, you know, the complicated thing about transfers. You have to balance the squad. Michael Beale's no different. Well, thank you to David. Let's hear a bit from Stephen Davis, shall we? We've been speaking to him about his recovery from injury. Rangers, of course, aiding him at the moment as he looks to make his comeback to football. There's a good buzz about the place. Um, certainly, I think whenever you bring new signings in, they, they bring their energy to it. Um, I think the, the squad's shaping up really nicely. There's good competition for places, and um, we'll be ready for the start of the season. With a, an E injury, then uh, there can be ups and downs along the road, and little setbacks can put you back for a week or two. And I've had that there uh, at different points through my rehab so far. So I'm just hoping everything goes smoothly from between now and then, and um, hopefully we're back in, in the pitch as soon as possible. Really. And there has been some tough moments uh, throughout that there, but I think the biggest thing is time and trying to be patient which um, footballers aren't the best at at times but um, the rehab's going okay and although I'm still a little bit away um, I just need to continue working Yeah, interesting to see what happens with Stephen Davis going forward because he certainly seems very keen to get back out on the pitch if he's back in and he's an option available for Rangers he's going to face a lot of competition because Rangers have brought in you know the likes of Kieran Dill Joseph Fuentes is expected to come in as well yeah, well, for both parties, it's an interesting one. If Michael Beale thinks that he can add something to the squad, he's certainly not going to be a starter. You know, he's a terrific player, been a terrific servant, and I still think he, he's got something to offer. Whether Michael Beale thinks that, and for Stephen Davis, does he want to stay about? Does he want to get limited game time, maybe a handful of games and, and substitute appearances? Well, that'll be up to the player. Um, but you can hear the frustration in his voice here. He's been through a lot, a long time injured, and Rangers, quite rare, have stuck by him through the summer and, and, and taken him in and rehabbed him. So he's maybe got a debt there to pay as well. So I'll be an interesting one. If I was Michael Beale, I think Stephen Davis still got something to offer, even though he is older me, Andrew. <laughs> but he certainly can get about the pitch better than I could. Rangers may have a bit of a clearer idea tonight of who they'll be playing in Champions League qualifying because the first leg of that Genk against Servette game is tonight so we'll keep a close eye on that but you can be up next and get involved because after the break we'll be taking a look at of course the League Cup games that are on tonight and a closer look at Celtic's transfer situation Mike Nowrotsky expecting that deal to go through for the Polish defender as well so any thoughts on that give us a call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard is getting bigger and better. Keep listening for details. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Plenty of time for you to get involved. 0141-951-1025. There was today a lot of reflecting on the life of Craig Brown. He had a, a private funeral for, for Craig Brown today and then a public memorial at Air Racecourse. A lot of famous faces in Scottish football there to to pay tribute and remember Craig Brown. Yeah, uh, and you wouldn't expect anything less. You know, Craig's such a huge figure in our game here in Scotland. You know, we were chatting about him a couple of weeks ago, you know, what he brought to to certainly my time as a Scotland fan, uh, watching those great occasions, the World Cup and the Euros. But you just need to look at some of the names, with David Moyes, Alex McLeish, and uh, you know John Collins, Tosh McKinley, who played under him, who, who were in attendance today. And a fitting send-off. Uh, sad occasion, you know, and thoughts to his family, because it's, 
it's at these moments, you know, in the final moments that often hit the family the hardest, but he'll be fondly remembered, Craig. Yeah, fitting send-off indeed for former Scotland manager Craig Brown. We want to hear from you tonight, 01419511025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. The news coming out of Celtic today um, is that Asazi Origide has officially left the club, not a, a player that made a huge impact in his time at Celtic, only made one first-team appearance, but Celtic are going to need to make these moves to... You know, to trim down the squad because they do have a, a lot of first team players. Liam Shaw's yeah. already gone on loan to Wigan and Asazi Origidi now, and a, a permanent transfer to Amiel in France. Yeah, well, when you look at that Celtic squad, you look at it at the end of the last season, you see the celebrations on the pitch and you see some of the players, and you haven't, to, you know, think to yourself, well, who's that? Who's that again? Because you very rarely see them. Um, so there was a lot of fringe players, a lot of players that wasn't getting any game times who, who would desperately want to play but you know you have to be at an incredibly high standard to break into that side so Brendan Rodgers obviously came in and as any new manager would have wanted to have a good look at these players uh, in pre-season and he's obviously judged who's who's not going to be good enough to, to find his side so Urugide I mean, one appearance was that against Betis. Yeah, I, I actually right I, I covered that game, and it was just looking at the, the starting lineup for that game is quite something because I think Celtic were essentially in third place in the group. It was the final game of the the group, so they couldn't finish second, they couldn't finish fourth. It was an experimental lineup from Ange Postecoglou, yeah. to say the least. But Scott, Scott Bain in goal. The back four was Uragide, Near Beaton, Stephen Welsh, and Liam Scales. A right. midfield three of James McCarthy, Ismaila Soro, and Liam Shaw. It was oh. Abada and Adam Montgomery on either wing and Albion Ayeti up top. It was a 3-2 three, a three win against Real Betis. Was it? Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should have stuck with that team then. But, I mean, you only have to look at some of those names there. St- still, on, still on the books as well. Quite books, a few of them that, um, you know, Brendan Rodgers will need to make decisions about yeah. Liam Scales. Ismail Soros still on the books at Celtic. James McCarthy didn't get much of a look in last season. Um, Albion Ayeti up top, of course, as well. Of course, so there's a lot there that has to be moved on. These players have had sufficient time at the club to make their mark, and by now you can clearly see that they aren't going to. They aren't. Well, first of all, they're not going to make it into the starting eleven. But I don't think they're even going to challenge the bench. Really, they might get the occasion where they will be on the bench for a Viper Cup game or maybe a Scottish Cup game in the early rounds. But they're clearly not going to cut it. That's where Brendan Rodgers and the staff, the recruitment team, or or the chief exec or whoever has to move these players on. And the players have to have an appetite to move on as well and play games. So Uruguidi's gone, Shaw away alone as well. Plenty more to follow, I'm sure. Two signings since you were last on the air, Kwon and Yang, both yeah. making the move to Celtic Park. Quite similar in the mould of Marco Tilio and Odin Tiago home and young players at Celtic feel have a lot of potential and will make an impact at the club. What do you make of those two additions? Well, Yang, a winger, I mean... I just hear Brendan Rodgers saying for a couple of years ago, we've got a million wingers, you know, and that always sits with me when a winger comes in. But obviously with Jota going, I think they needed someone there. Whether is he going to be the one that that is a certain starter, time will tell. Again, we're not quite sure. Quan, defensive midfielder. Um, now, if he's going to challenge Callum McGregor, it's going to be a big ass, but I think he'll be a young player that will develop. So, again, time will tell. So, for Celtic fans, I think it's good to see signings coming in. 
sort of the unknown. We don't really know a lot about these players and people, I'm sure, will come on or people you'll see in social media say, oh, well, I, I watched loads of that league and these guys were standouts. It's a very different environment. And, and I think the, some people also think unknown is a negative when it's not. You look at some oh, of the players that Celtic have signed over the last couple of years that people didn't know in Scotland, the likes of Kyogo and Hatati, Matt O'Reilly was at yep. MK Dons and they've all done very, very well. Yep, it could go either way. Um, but I think Celtic fans will certainly be optimistic about these signings um, rather than be annoyed that they're unknowns because of what's going on previously. But not everybody will be a Kyogo, not everybody will be a Hatati when they come in because they were exceptional and have been and continue to be exceptional. Where a Yang and Kwon can be that, who knows? I hope so, because the guys that came in for Japan certainly lit up our league. Um, and the more players that we can get in, the better for the Scottish League. Well, 141951-1025 is the number you need. Robbie is a Celtic fan up next in Falkirk. Robbie, how are you tonight? Good evening, panel. Um, Mark Wilson, you've more or less uh, covered what I was going to uh, make my point on, which was the two... Um, Korean, South Korean midfielders that have came in so I'll just switch my point to the ticket ticketing um, for the old firm game coming up the Celtic Supporters Association are going to be meeting Michael Nicholson tomorrow and regarding um, the ticketing situation uh, for Celtic Park and Ibrox and the first game is the Ibrox and I'm under the under, I am under the understanding that they're going to demand to Michael Nicholson and this is in writing anyway so you can take this as face value they're going to demand to, um, 5% which I think is about 2,500 which is a European um, capacity that, that you know, the European teams have been getting eyeballs. So that's what they're going to demand, that or nothing. And they want their security um, guaranteed on top of that as well. Now, I understand if you look at eyeballs right in that corner, it's not very, designed very good for away support in that corner. Uh, obviously, you've got the, the height coming for the left-hand side of the government and the right-hand side of the broom one, and there's been objects getting thrown in there in the past that Celtic supporters, just the whole design of where, they, where they're situated, uh, isn't he very good? I, f- I actually think, see if they were to stick with the 700, which obviously, as I say, the Celtic Supporters Association are not going for, they actually want the 2,500 or nothing. But I think, uh, see for the old firm games, doesn't matter what the capacity is, if they can get 2,500 into that corner and coming round slightly to the left of the Brumont and at Celtic Park, I think, I think they should put up Nets, Mark. Would you, would you think the idea in Nets going up? Now, Nets are, are really, really good for objects, you know, coming coming back and forth, whatever way the, the objects are going to come, and they're really, really thin. And I think if you can get them going right... Well, Mark, up, I'll, I'll just put that point to Mark, because allocations is going to be a big thing that I think is going to rumble on this season, because it's it's not only games between Celtic and Rangers that are looking to be affected now. There's a lot of talk about the likes of Hearts and Aberdeen that are going to cut allocations for away supporters but it'll be interesting to see in the coming weeks certainly there are a, a large portion of supporters that enjoy having that big away element especially at games where there is a, a big rivalry how do you view it? Um, well away supporters and a large number of them for me always made the atmosphere inside the ground better as a player taking part in it whether that was you know Celtic v Rangers at uh, Celtic Park or visit Ibrox or if I went to Pataudry, um, even with Dundee United, if we went up to Aberdeen, it was a lot, it always made for a better atmosphere. Now I can totally understand clubs looking after themselves and looking after their own fan base, 
but only if they can sell those tickets. Now, of course, it's not a problem for Rangers. Rangers will sell, you know, could sell at the full stadium. We've seen it last season without any Celtic fans in there. Equally similar with Celtic. For away grounds like Tynecastle and Pataudry... Well, Kilmarnock have limited crowds for Celtic and Rangers matches and say haven't haven't affected them financially whatsoever. Haven't affected them. Well, that's fine. Uh, Of course, they have to look after themselves. St Mirren are the same. Um, I suppose in the case of Celtic and Rangers, it's about the two clubs coming to an agreement and they couldn't come to an agreement last season and that's why it ended with the last two games having no away supporters, which people say takes away from the spectacle. Well, it does take away from the spectacle and and there's a number of fans that will come on and say, no, I much prefer it all Rangers fans. I much prefer it all Celtic fans. I think that's nonsense. I think part and parcel of the football... Well, a lot of football is rivalry. And particularly rivalry on the match day, um, as long as it's in the right spirit, when your team scores, where do you where do you face? You face the opposition. If you're in that away support, your team scores, no better feeling when you're facing the home crowd. And that's been taken away from your biggest fixture. Now, I think it's time that the grown-ups at each club sit down and, and speak reasonably about this. I mean, I get uh, Robbie's point there with either side, you know, there's been safety issues at either ground in the past, but how can you guarantee that? Do we want to see nets? Do we want to see cages? No, because I think that's a poor reflection of our game, that fans cannot be trusted to go to a football game without throwing missiles at each other. So as much as taking the fans out the get out the, the pitch reflects poorly I think so does netting them in and it just shows the full world that uh, this is not an environment that you actually want to go and watch football so I would like it just to go back to the way it was you know the Celtic fans had that full stand and equally when the Rangers fan came had the majority of that there was really no safety issues there was a segregation but I can never see it going back because it seems to be no grown-up discussions between the clubs on this. Yeah, I think there is an issue with season tickets that have been sold in certain yeah, areas yeah. as well, which means that it's it's certainly not... I, I think Rangers have already said that it would be a maximum of 700 for next season for um, games against Celtic because essentially they've already sold season tickets for, for those areas. So it doesn't look as if it, there's going to be a, a bigger solution for next season well, but uh, it, not, could, it could not next season Andrew, for but going forward yeah, there have been yeah. discussions being held yeah so not next season of course but it's not as if we're, we're trying to come up with some sort of miracle solution how, how can it get to something it had been done before people who had season tickets all throughout the season bought those tickets known fine well that they would give up their ticket for the Celtic game and they would get their season ticket at a cut price and similar at Celtic Park the new world they were sitting, they knew where they were getting the season ticket and they knew they wouldn't be going to two Rangers games when it came about. So that is a solution, but obviously plans need to be put in place <laughs> way in advance of a season starting. I hope it comes back. I'm not sure it will. There will be a flip side there where there will be some supporters that will just prefer having a, a full home crowd as well and that's that's the way they like it. Maybe they don't yeah. go to away games and if it is a, a rivalry, they only feel they have an advantage if they've got a a full home crowd well of course that's anybody's opinion but I mean how how could you not enjoy the spectacle of a Celtic Rangers Rangers Celtic game when you've got the opposition fans in the ground at the same time as you as I say when you celebrate a win or a goal you know you'll see the videos everybody's seen the videos where the crowd will turn around and 
quite rightly celebrate in the direction of the away support and vice versa. It makes for a much better atmosphere and makes for a much better spectacle and I can guarantee you that every player will think the same although when the time rolls round and they have to do their pre-match press conferences when it was all Celtic fans and all Rangers fans they all give it the line oh it's great to have our home fans in of course they're going to feed everybody that line but underneath everybody prefers playing in an atmosphere where you can feel the tension between both sets of fans. Thank you to Robbie. I'm sure that one will rumble over on over the next few weeks and months. Still time for you to get involved. 01419511025. But before the break, let me tell you about this. Oh, you're kidding me on. Well, Ryan from Greenock was out walking the dog when he got the cash register call. Oh my god! Really? Really? Oh my! Oh my god! My partner and my little girl out of stepdaughter's going to be over the moon. Oh my god! Thank you very much. Well, he reckons he's going to buy a new car because his current one is knackered. But now it's your chance to win forty-eight thousand one hundred and eighty-one pounds tomorrow when we make the next call. But you need to be in the draw, and if you're going to win. You get the cash the same day as well. So enter now, text YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025. If you get a call from us after three o'clock tomorrow, answer it within five rings. Make sure you know the correct cash register amount. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Online entry is £2 or call 0330-880-4523. Calls are charged at the standard rate. It's over 18s only. All the rules for this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website. So text YES to 61025 for your chance to win. £48,181. Good luck. Clyde One Super Scoreboard is getting bigger and better. Keep listening for details. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson in the studio with me Andrew McLean Still time for you to get involved as well All you need to do is call 01419511025 Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Of course there are some big Viaplay Cup group stage matches happening tonight Just seeing some of the team news coming through Looking at the St Mirren team They are Away to Cowden Beath tonight. There is another start for. <laughs> I think that's where I retired myself when I played at Cowden Beath. Yeah. <laughs> that was enough for me. What happened? Was that just. I know, well, it, just we, the ground, was we, it? We played the game and we were at Dinu Warmden and then the stock cars started revving up and going round about us. And I thought, that's enough. I'm out. So. I suppose it's better than that game down in England where there was a car and a hearse and all <laughs> sorts of. see that? Donuts on the pitch aye, at aye. half time I think the less said about that the, Good luck the better. St Mirren players uh, Just looking at the, uh, the St Mirren team Stav Nakmani Another start for him up top Came off the bench for his debut at the weekend Young striker, two goals off yep. the bench Not bad at all Well good start to your, your career that is um, But Stephen Robinson He's got a big task um, to, to follow up what he did last season So be interesting to see how they tick on. Remember, it was last season where they had an absolute shocker at this stage. In fact, I think I, I might have tipped them to go down. Oh, were you one of the ones that tipped them to go well, down? You can only tip what what happens in in pre season in these games. And because I, I interviewed Stephen Robinson towards the end of last season, and he was talking about their motivation for last <laughs> season, and he was talking quite generally about pundits yeah, that had yeah. tipped them to go down. I was so one of them. I, was I think one. that I think there was a couple in here, right enough. So I wasn't alone, but. 
sorry, sorry, Stephen, we've learned our lesson. That that's the interesting thing about these group stages, though, because they are competitive games. But managers are still trying to get to grips with their squad. They're still trying to bring players in. Some managers find it tough in the transfer market. You look at Stuart Kettlewell at Motherwell, who's still trying to get players in the door. I think he said today he still needs you know, at least three more to complete his squad. But he's still having to juggle these competitive yeah. games and try and get through in a competition that offers you the chance to, you know, win a domestic cup and get to Hamden. Well, that's it. You know, you need to look at this long term and what comes, you know, later on in the season where you actually get a, a trip to Hamden out of this. It's, it's hard to see that at the minute for some managers who are going through with threadbare squads, who are negotiating, who maybe sometimes think they're hitting their head against a brick wall trying to get people in have every sympathy uh, for them uh, and it's hard because some managers actually come under pressure at this time of the season some with a couple of bad results then they start the season with a bad result can lose their job and you know you look at Dundee United of course Jim didn't get off to a, a good start well a disaster to start they win uh, on Saturday against Peter Head. big game tonight away big to Falkirk game tonight against Falkirk that's not going to be easy but if they get a win then then confidence starts to build equally if they lose then United fans are again on their back so these games are critically important to, to the clubs that are in them just now and it gets even worse when you go down the divisions I keep speaking about this every week but for clubs who are having to put players in trial because they're not quite sure there's no game time to try these these players out so they often get signed in short term contracts and pitched into these games so you know if you're going along to these games you're you're always in for entertainment I feel and we've seen some of them going to penalties so far this season so it's an interesting format I think I quite like it from a neutral sitting here don't I don't know if I'd sure. like it well <laughs> I, I was there as a manager <laughs> and I got okay, scaled that's, that's you well, like I got scaled was it 6-2 with Dundee United and I had a, a team full of trialists then I went to McDermott Park and I got a 7-0 so I was thinking this tournament is dreadful but now now, that, now you've taken a step ah, back and quite, you can watch it's quite it entertaining it's, ah, yeah. it's amazing how quickly pressure can mount from early season games these days when you look at the examples from last season there was Jack Ross there was Graham Alexander they were yeah. both involved in European football so it was a, a a different pressure but you almost look at the fact that if they weren't involved in those European qualifiers and hadn't taken those beatings then you know the, the pressure might not have mounted on them I, I think you're totally right um, Graham Alexander the pressure I felt was always building there was always this uh, you know descent from some of the fans that would call your show towards the tail end of the season so when he got off to a bad start then probably the writing was on the wall Jack Ross Jack Ross was different you know, he had one of the greatest nights Dundee United's had in Europe for a long time at home, followed by, categorically, the worst night they've ever had, followed by four results in a row that mm -hmm. then just cost him his job. So, you know, it shows what early season form can do to you. It can set you up for the full year, get you brimming full of confidence, your squad, your new signings going in the one direction or equally, it can ruin you and you can end up at a job as quick as you've been appointed yeah plenty of games tonight a few games tomorrow night as well Dundee against Dumbarton Ross County away to Edinburgh City Kilmarnock in action at home against Wraith Rovers as well some news from Kilmarnock this week is that they have appointed Kyle Vassell as their new club captain an interesting one because it's it's clearly Kyle Vassell's clearly a player that Derek McInnes has a lot of trust in because he gave him a new contract at a point last season where there was no you know, no idea whether Kilmarnock were going to stay up or not. There was a lot of 
you know, dubiety about their position in the yeah. league and whether they would get relegated or not. But Dennett McInnes was quite happy very early on to say, look, no matter where we are, I, I need Kyle Vassell on my team. Yeah, well, Simon from Kilmarnock, a regular caller to the show, me and him had a, a slight argument at the tail end of last season about Vassell. And my observation was he, he didn't score enough goals. And Simon was quite clear, quite clearly right when he said he did a lot of other work for the team. And Derek McInnes has seen the value in that. I think he will come good. I, 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 the funny thing is, I like Kyle Vassell. I like what he brought to the team. I was just making the observation. He could do with scoring a lot more than he does as a front man. I think that will maybe come, but Derek McInnes has put his faith in him as a leader. And it's always interesting when you see a striker being handed the armband, you know, because it's, it's quite rare. Um, but he's obviously somebody that's a big influence in the dressing room. Derek's put his faith in him. Well, let's hear a bit from Kyle Vassell, shall we? He says he feels he's a more selfless, selfless player, sorry, now that he's captain, has his eyes set on the League Cup trophy as well. I think this is kind of the first season where I don't really have a goal target. It's more, much more team-based, and I think that's probably got a bit to do with me, you know, becoming captain. But I probably take more enjoyment and seeing other boys do well as well. The most important thing is just winning. Winning becomes a habit. We want to get through top of the group to, to make the next round as easy as possible because um, we want to go the whole way in this competition and we do believe we can get there. Hopefully we can you know go all the way this year. Yeah, they made the semi-finals last year. Yeah. Kilmarnock ended up getting put out by Celtic. Remember how bad the pitch was at yeah. Hamden for those semi-finals? But it shows just how good an opportunity this is for teams to get to Hamden. If you get through that group stage, you're really not far away at all. It was only a couple of games and you're at Hamden. I think Kilmarnock gave a, a good account of themselves at Hamden that day. If, if you remember, early on in the game, they were in numerous times on their right-hand side, Celtic's left-hand side, and, and probably should have done more with our opportunities. Like, Derek McInnes has got a great record in cup competitions. You know, taking looking back to Aberdeen and then Kilmarnock, getting to the latter stages, he's well aware what it takes at this stage of the season to build momentum and like Vassell says there giving yourself the best opportunity to have the easiest game when you come out these group stages so they're well aware that's all you can ask for at this stage of the season when you've got a team like Kilmarnock to approach these games in the right manner get the job done as professional as possible and move on to the next round I mentioned Stuart Kettlewell and Motherwell there we did touch on it at the top of the show but Max Johnson confirmed that he's made the move to Austria he's joined Stern Graz Motherwell will get £300,000 in compensation. I know there are a lot of Motherwell fans that are frustrated that they couldn't tie him down to a longer-term contract because in the second half of last season, after he'd come back from his loan at Cove, he looked absolutely fantastic. But you look at Aaron Hickey and you look at Josh Doig as fullbacks that have gone away. Yeah. Lewis he Ferguson as well, he's not a fullback, of course, but yeah. you know, going away to other leagues and really flourishing. And yeah. Max Johnson will have seen that and thought, you know what, I want a piece of that. It's also European football as well with Stumgrass. Of course. I, I thought he was exceptional. He, he really was a standout young player uh, and I think he was worthy of his award. Remember the goal he scored in the, the right-hand channel, the volley into the Real back. tight angle, yeah. Uh, I mean, a sensational strike uh, and he added plenty of assists. He deserves his move. I get why Motherwell fans are frustrated because, of course, they want to see their best player stay here or sign another contract that can earn you more money. But from a player's point of view, these young players can't turn down offers like Max Johnson will be getting to go away in the continent, play European football and and develop as a player in a different environment. And you're right when you highlight some of those names that he'll be looking at, you know, and who's he's been involved with probably 
uh, youth level and international football probably charted to some of them and for me it's the right decision so I wish him all the best Yeah we'll definitely be keeping an eye on his progress over at Sturm Graz I think I saw that Dire Mabudi the Scotland under 21 winger is moving from Manchester City as well looks as if he'll have a move abroad as well but unfortunately that is all we've got time for tonight thank you very much for listening in at home thank you for your calls thank you for your tweets as well and to Mark Wilson in the studio not long left of these summer shows we're back to the two hour shows from next week that's how close the league season is just a week and a half away of course plenty of via play cup action to keep us occupied at the moment but remember if you've missed any of the show you can check out the podcast wherever you get yours I'll be back tomorrow night in the studio with Kenny Miller and keep it Clyde One as Amber's up next with songs from Anne-Marie and Bobby Brown